Where's the exploding? One does not explode in Mrs. Astor's face. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we are talking about Season 6, Episode 12, The Mutants Are Revolting. Well, that's kind of rude to say. It, it's very rude. Yeah. I mean, those mutants are hardworking mutants, but, you know, they're not... I mean... They may they may smell a little bad based on where they live, but I don't I don't think we have to call them revolting. I didn't call it. That's the name of the episode. Oh, I misunderstood. Mm-hmm. No, that wasn't just. Oh no! What did I watch? I don't just start every episode by being like, "Today we're talking about season twelve, episode ninety four. I think Mike has a big fat butt. <laughs> what? what a, first off, that's a long season. <laughs> Episode 94 of season 12. Second, I mean, I could work on the size of my butt. Yes, clearly. But that's a long... First off, season 12, I'm in on this. I'll gain a big butt, a bigger butt to get that more, that many more episodes of Futurama. Okay, so I think what we've just decided and figured out right here is it's that correlation is causation. Cor- correlation is always causation, and therefore, <laughs> if <laughs> if you had a bigger butt, there'd be more Futurama. So we can place the blame squarely, <laughs> squarely on, on my butt. Your butt. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this because one, I feel powerful. Okay, I, I have a very powerful butt. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I've let down everyone because my 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 powerful butt wasn't powerful enough. I mean, you know, you you are just living your best life, and sometimes it means the rest of us just have to suffer with only what eight seasons of Futurama. I seven. I, I owe it to our fans and the fans of all Futurama fans ever ever the fans of Futurama fans. <laughs> yeah, we're going another level on it. Okay, to gain. To put more junk in my trunk. Okay. The 2019, putting more junk in Mike's <laughs> trunk. Okay. That We've... goes against my stated goal of losing some weight, but I'm okay with it. How about just weight redistribution? Yes. We, remo- we move it all to the buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, to know what I'd look like. <laughs> Oh, just the pants I'd have to buy. Oh, man. <clears throat> but it would be cushiony. It sure would. Um, but then I'd be worried about sitting on my cat. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. But you could have you'd have more Futurama to watch. So true. You know, that's the trade off. <laughs> you know, these trade offs that we find ourselves in. It's a real gift of the Magi kind of thing. Oh um, no, I got you bigger butt for more Futurama. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I I didn't have an off ramp to that joke, but it worked enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, what are we even doing? Uh we're trying to remember what this whole podcast thing is. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, you take a couple of weeks off and suddenly uh, microphones are just are scary and... They pop out at you. They like, po- ah! uh-huh. And then you get nervous and start thinking about neck bolts and then <laughs> things get weird. And then Mike starts talking about his butt for 12 minutes. Uh-huh. Yep. So... <laughs> So should we talk about the episode then? So yeah, happy 2019, everyone, because... <laughs> Welcome! This is no longer a podcast about Futurama, it's a podcast about Mike's butt. State of Mike's butt, butt to, address. But to the Futurama. It's been there since the beginning. Uh-huh, it's true. It's not been good, but it's been there. That's uh, the the subtitle to our <laughs> Back show. Back to the Futurama. It's not good, but it's there. <laughs> That reminds me of a meme on the internet of like people like t- saying, "Oh, Little Caesars has hot and ready pizza. Is it any good? It's hot and <laughs> it's ready. What don't you understand?" It's true though, man. When I first moved out here, I lived just down the street from a Little Caesars, and the uh-huh. number of times I'm like, "I can get a hot and ready pizza for five bucks, and I'll be good for like two days." Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. I'm into that. This podcast is not brought to you by Little Caesars. Anyways. <laughs> The Mutants Are Revolting, Season 6, Episode 12. Um, it is. This is Futurama's 100th episode. We've already had our 100th episode because we had some filler episodes, um, an outtake Season one. break uh-huh. stuff, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, this is where Futurama finally hits that coveted 100 episode thing. <laughs> Miles. Yeah, that's that's a great word. Let's go with that. <laughs> I, I had one. I'll just edit that back in and post. <laughs> Milestone! <laughs> It'll be flaw- a flawless... You, that, you, you came a little hot in on that one. It'll be flawless. You won't even be able... Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, this is where Futurama finally hits that coveted 100 episode... Milestone! <laughs> flawless. This if If a word describes this podcast... It's flawless. Uh, so we start the episode at Planet Express. It's good news, everyone, because the crew is making their 100th delivery. The professor yell like uses a, the loudspeaker on top of Planet Express to say, good news, everyone. And it, I mean, it's the, the 100th thing doesn't happen all the time. It's true. We should have gotten a loudspeaker for our 100th episode. And put it on top of your apartment. Everybody would have loved that. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just... Just playing, broadcasting this on top of your apartment, you would probably... Hashtag 2019 goals. So Hermes does also point out that that's almost 10 deliveries a year. (laughs) I do love that. That's very good. Um, So Bender wants to throw a real raging party for celebrating this this huge milestone. So he's going to hire like hookers and Elvis impersonators that can also be hookers if the need may arise. And he's he's, he's cornering every uh, possibility. It's going to be a rager. Mm-hmm. Um, so they end up uh, to go collect the delivery. They go to Elzar's. Um, he gives them a souffle, says, don't just be careful. Which immediately El- uh, Brenner's like, hey, it's Elzar. Elzar, that looks like a great souffle. I do also want to point out the sign outside of Elzar's definitely says fish and chimps. Oh, 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 
there's some pretty good visual, like the tiny itsy bitsy visual things sure. in this episode. Fish and chimps is going to make me think a while. Okay, don't think too hard about it. We got to get through this. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't think about any of this. So Elzar explains that this is a delivery for Mrs. Astor. It's a souffle that has her heart medication in it, which is nitroglycerin. Mm -hmm. And because she's just so posh, she will only take it in the form of a souffle. I I feel like that's a life goal for me. I mean, you know, we're all going to get old eventually. We're going to need that medication. Mm -hmm. Be posh enough to take it in a souffle. When When I'm in the fancy nursing home that I expect to be someday. Off of that great Back to the Future on the money. We're going to be like back. We're going to still be doing the podcast, by the way. There's 12 seasons and 96 episodes a season. (laughs) It becomes one of those eternal podcasts. But I expect when I am. Let's go with a a number that seems old. 95. Okay. Uh, I will only take my. uh, My medication in souffle form. Okay. No, that's a good life goal. Although. Mm -hmm. In the holidays, I will only take it in rum cake form. Ooh, yeah, that was good rum cake. Why, thank you. I I enjoyed making and eating most of that (laughs) rum cake. (laughs) Probably explains a little bit of my butt. Probably. So more rum cake, more Futurama. Oh, no, that's not something. I want you to pitch this to my wife. It's like he needs to make more rum cake. She might get like, like, no. Very adamant about the no, I think. Okay. So anyways, they have to be really careful with this delivery because it's nitroglycerin, so it's explosive. Sure. So you can't drop it. You got to make sure that it is safe. And so the professor says that Bender can carry it because he's gyroscopically stable. The crew ends up flying through an asteroid field to land on one, and he is. He is like a gyroscope it's it's sort of a dizzying shot but it's also just a really great shot like it really is i always i've always loved when like people have like cameras that are like on a hat or something so as they're looking around like everything moves kind of around their head like it's such a weird thing that you just don't see in real life so i always love shots like that because it's kind of trippy it is a little bit dizzying, though. Sure. I, I understand. I just think it's a really, really well-made shot. Oh, it's a fantastic shot. Um, so, they, so they land on this asteroid, and it is a somewhat small asteroid with that has a g- big, giant chasm in the middle of it that has a rickety bridge over it. That leads to the mansion where Mrs. Astor lives. Which I think is the only thing on this asteroid. That and the rickety bridge. And the, Well, yes. The only structure. Yes. Um... So Amy's like, hey, Bender, you should jump this because it's too <laughs> rickety. It's it's uh, she says that um, it's ricketier than it looks. So that means you have to jump the chasm. So Bender, uh, in a way of kind of war- like gearing up to do this or like like getting a running start, he goes all the way around the asteroid past the house and over the rickety bridge to stand next to his colleagues and then runs over the rickety bridge past the house and back around and jumps the chasm but in fairness he manages to jump the chasm he does he lands exactly at the doorbell but it doesn't seem like he needed to Mm -hmm. and then like everyone else just walks up right behind him immediately after like the rickety bridge was nothing yeah it feels like it was more of a challenge 
I mean, you only get to jump a chasm with an explosive souffle once in your life. You better take that. That's that's the whole reason kids it, these days say YOLO. <laughs> I mean, it, there if you fail, definitely one. You might mm-hmm. have another chance if, you, especially thinking about Mrs. Astor, she only takes this medication via souffle, and the apparently the only person that can make it is Elzar, who is not on the planet. Okay, but someone else has been delivering that all this time. That is a fair point. Um, maybe they all fell into the chasm every time. Ooh. I that is that is a good thought. I'm not a good thought. It's it's a terrifying, sad thought, but it's a thought. It one it one that works. Knowing that uh, Planet Express crew often dies. It's true. Canonically, um, yeah. Canonically, except for this crew who has out outlived most of them. They even managed to deal with the the space wasps. It's true. So everything's fine. They're the yeah. best. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a, an amazing thing to tell say about this crew, but yeah, they're kind of the best crew they've that Planet Express has ever had. Should I feel depressed by that statement? Because I kind of do. I mean, it is a sitcom, so That's fair. Okay. That being said, Leela is like super competent and kind of covers for everybody else most of the time. That is also fair. That's <laughs> sort of her role on the yeah. entire It's kind of a tropey role, but it's okay. She does it well she and does. is voiced by Katie Seagal. Yeah. Who, who is, is wonderful. Fantastic and phenomenal. And we should try to get her on this podcast. Now, I oh, know yeah. I say that a lot, <laughs> but usually it's people that have nothing to do with the show. That's true. This one was actually kind of very, very close to the show. So, yeah, uh, if you're listening, you open invitation. Just come on. Come on by. Tweet at Back to Futurama or we'll set apparently it up. just walk by Ben's Have, apartment. You'll be able to tell it's mine because we'll be pl- blasting this podcast <laughs> through loudspeakers on the top 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Until you get evicted in two days. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've got more time than that. I give it a week. Okay, that's, that's very what's, optimistic. What's the over under on uh, getting kicked out of my apartment for this loudspeaker thing? <laughs> well, considering that it's going to be your voice, they're going to pinpoint it on you pretty quickly. <laughs> I'd, I'd suggest, I'd, I'd assume at least that's an assumption. So I might be wrong on this. And you know what uh, assuming makes you do? Mm-hmm. What if I start talking with a flawless Spanish accent? Uh, <laughs> I just want to confirm real fast that was you doing that because it it was flawless. Mm-hmm. That was you in the Spanish accent, because again, let's flawless. get some gee whack-a-mole. I know, I know, I'm just repeating Futurama <laughs> bits now, but it has more what, to do. What with, is this podcast even for if it's not for that? It has more to do with Futurama than we usually are. I know so. we're on task, which is a sad statement to make after what we've done. No, anyway, seriously, open invitation. Uh, have your people call our people. Do we have people? Us. Oh, so, yes, I guess we do have ourselves. Anyways, they deliver this souffle to Mrs. Astor. Mm-hmm. Um, they immediately hide. Absolutely. She takes a bite, and uh, everyone is like, but I was expecting an explosion. And then her butler <laughs> literally says, this is not me making anything up. Her butler says, one does not explode in Mrs. Astor's face. 
it is an, an incredible thing for a butler to say. And there are other venues to fully unpack that statement that are not this one. Stay tuned for Back to the Futurama After Dark. <laughs> a five-minute podcast of us laughing at this one line very specifically. You see, there's double meanings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and wait, then like we five minutes of us laughing. Yeah, that's true. I always like how I'm always like, hey, famous people, come be a guest on our podcast. And then I immediately devolve into just the worst audio poison <laughs> that I can possibly think up. It's a Back to the Future I'm a tradition. Um, so, yeah, she eats the uh, she eats a bite of the souffle. Mm-hmm. And then she co- poss- couldn't possibly eat anymore. Her butler goes ahead and gives it to some dogs. Uh huh. She's got a room full of Dalmatians, which I take to assume as a one hundred and one. Okay. I take to assume as a one hundred and one Dalmatians sort of reference. But anyways, the butler tosses the uh, souffle in there, and it explodes. Of course, because it's a nitroglycerin souffle. And unlike so much Seymour, there's not even mentioned again. Not even thought of. A room full of dogs exploding is a statistic. One dog dying, sadly, waiting for his owner in front of a pizza place is tragedy. It's a very common saying. Very common. (laughs) Possibly the most common saying I've heard us say on this podcast as of yet. I wish you all could see the look Mike is giving me right now. (laughs) I don't. I just don't. (laughs) Farnsworth introduces himself to Mrs. Astor and um she's like oh the farnsworth have lived in new new york for 200 years he says yes i have then fry introduces him at himself as the professor's uncle <laughs> and also proclaims that he can eat a hot dog underwater it's 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 a feat i'll put it that way it's definitely a feat it's something that's true <laughs> It's something that I would kind of like to see, but also not. Definitely not. I'm I'm on the no train. I'm a hot dog fan. I do not want to see somebody eat it underwater. Well, I'm just like, you got to be able to breathe, right? Like, or or are you eating the entire hot dog in a single breath? <sighs> okay, let's get into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can definitely see, because you do have to open your mouth. Yes. That doesn't mean you exhale at all correct no that i mean you could you could open your mouth and eat the hot dog you take in some water in the process yeah but but so do the people that eat hot dogs for a living because they dip it in the water so it's right. just helping you get it down but like i mean you still got to be able to breathe while you're doing like i mean i when i eat a hot dog okay. i don't just shove the whole thing in my mouth and then try to eat it as fast as i can oh i think i see the problem because we have different styles of eating hot dogs okay because I, mm-hmm. I can eat very easily see him doing this that being said do i want to no the okay. fact that i am seeing it in my head is a uh, uh, mind poison for me enjoy that nightmare tonight just as long as my brain isn't like hey you're the hot dog that fries eating because that's a weird weird whole dream that i expect my brain to now give me I expect a whole recount of that for next episodes, or maybe if so. If that happens, we have to reconvene tomorrow. We'll let reconvene. Alone next week. We'll reconvene tomorrow. Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Listen now, to Mike's terrible nightmare dream about Fry consuming him 
as a hot dog. This makes me want to write like Welcome to Night Vale esque fiction about Fry eating hot dog. You, yeah, okay. I like the idea of hot dog Mike though. For some reason, I may have to buy a costume. Okay, no, I support this plan. <laughs> I'm glad I have a support. You've already been a waffle for it's Halloween. True. <laughs> My wife was uh, Leslie Nope, and I was a waffle, and we got retweeted. Uh-huh. By I took Nick a, I took a picture of it and then tweeted it at Nick Offerman, and he retweeted <laughs> it. And by the way, Nick Offerman, if you're listening, open invitation. Just come on the podcast. Uh, we will uh, talk about whatever, whatever, really. I mean, we don't even have to talk about Futurama if you don't want. Oh. Throw back some Lagavulin and... Um, yeah, just sit there quietly staring at the mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did... So, at, at our Christmas, we did have uh, Nick Offerman's Yule Log on. <laughs> and uh, when when my wife and I started kissing a little bit, uh, we were like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> oh, this is weird. We can't have him looking. I mean, some people would be into that, but you know, I'm not here to judge. It's not us. <laughs> but as long as he, I, I feel like he has to have like fit. He, he definitely filmed that like where he's just sitting for probably half an hour and then they stretched it or looped it or whatever. But you're telling me he didn't sneak like seven hours in of a, a nice little like head nod, like nice, nice. He definitely did for uh, for those that uh. Get a little frisky. Get a little frisky. It's hour seven of Nick Offerman s- sipping whiskey in front of a Yule log. So the group gets invited. Is any of that usable in the podcast? Oh, probably not. The group <laughs> gets invited. But seriously, Nick Offerman, uh, open invitation. Just let us know. Have your people call our people. Us. us. Um. So the group gets invited to the annual Aster and uh, in- Mutant Endowment Fund Razor. There's a whole. There's a, a specific fund that I didn't get the name of. It, he, she doesn't reveal it there, but it is the United Mutant Scholarship Fund. Yes, that's the one. So it's a fundraiser for that. Uh, no top hat, no monocle, no service. Says the sign. I did catch that. I did not write it down. So I'm very happy you did. We get more references to the 1997 hit James Cameron film Titanic, which I still have not seen. How many Patreon patrons do we need? for you to sit down and watch the 1997 hit James Cameron film. We are finding out a new stretch Titanic. goal for our podcast. What are our current goals? At $56 a month, we do a Q&A because 56 was all I could think about. Okay. So what is what is our Mike watches Titanic What's our current goal? <laughs> I don't know. It's fluctuated so okay. much. Let's go with 40. Okay. At $40 a month, we will get Mike to watch... The 1997 hit James Cameron film, Titanic. I do fully expect this to become a real Patreon goal. So they are, uh, this comes up because Mrs. Astor talks about how uh, her husband, Mr. Astor, was on the Titanic, which was the first and only and largest land ship. Yeah, it was... (laughs) Uh, or street vessel is i think what they call it yeah it's a it, it was it's it's maiden and only voyage was in 2912 down fifth avenue mm-hmm. um, although as a as a good nod to actual history it uh uh takes off on april 10th 
2912, which would have been exactly a thousand years mm-hmm. after the original Titanic. A thing you'd know if you'd seen the film. I'm sure I would have, yes. Uh, four days later, it struck a mailbox and promptly went down, looking like the sea Titanic. 2,000 souls were lost, including Mr. Astor, and now the foundation supports the Mutant Scholarship Fund in his name. Mm-hmm. They see a short film about mutants uh, that kind of is like very uh, patronizing and is uh, includes a picture of Leela's parents, which everyone <laughs> gasps at right, cause in horror. Because they're like, oh, these like horrible beings and then it cuts to a shot of a bunch of mutants and leela's parents are in the corner of it just waving also because you can't have a mutant related sewer episode uh without a lot of poop jokes the scholarship in question is for the mutants university which is of course brown Mm -hmm. university the nation's premier institution of lower learning after this little movie leela gets kind of up in mrs astor's face because Mm -hmm. she's like that's a despicable thing that she did just did and isn't the university just a tax deductible way to keep the sewers clean mrs astor says it's also a way of keeping the mutants busy because they won't jabber about equal rights and then as leela walks off uh fry lets it slip that leela is a mutant i will say leela says she should i wouldn't i shouldn't say anything further because i might say it with my evening boot which is a concept I love. When you're a fancy lady like mm-hmm. Leela, you need some evening boots. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just love the con. I, I have the concept in my brain of they're the, the boots with the lime green stripe from when she was in <laughs> the other, mm-hmm. or, or when she was. Was that that was a the coin flip episode? No, that no. was a, a, uh, a what if machine episode. Right. Tales of interest because she's impulsive because she got the oh, green that's boots right. and everybody died except for Fry. But lime green boots were the important thing that I remembered from that episode. And that's it. And that, literally. <laughs> so, yes, Fry accidentally points out that Leela is a mutant and Leela is arrested and deported to the sewers. She's literally dropped down a manhole. Yep. But she's caught by a man with a frog tongue. Which Leela refers to as the colonel. And then she goes to her parents and uh, she's... You know, talking about how awful it is that she's stuck in this hell hole. And and her mom is like, well, now it's just a regular normal hole now that you're here. Not a hell hole, which I do appreciate. Uh-huh. I mean, home is where the heart is, mm. right? So yeah, uh, if your your heart is in a normal, regular hole, there you go. Mm-hmm. And your heart can turn a hell hole into a hole. Yeah, that's a it's common wisdom. We have we have such so much of that common wisdom on this podcast. Also leela's father says what do you say we go get some sewer coffee sewer cake and safeway ice cream that's a targeted (laughs) strike on safeway and i i'm here for it i like the idea that one of the writers was just like man my freaking kid wanted ice cream last night and we got the safeway store brand and it was so much garbage so now today (laughs) i'm gonna write a joke about it i'm gonna take him down gonna take him down a peg punch up with my humor by comparing them to sewer cake <laughs> I, I i just love how specific some of these references are and like takedowns mm-hmm. like the safeway ice cream brand in particular oh yeah specifically the ice cream not not safeway as a store oh no that's not, a wonderful store not safeway brand food as a like overall oh of course m- their brussels sprouts are item fantastic. Of mediocre quality but the ice cream take them down a peg the ice cream can go to hell 
the hellhole that we were just speaking of. I've eaten a lot of Safeway ice cream, though, because I, I worked... Plot twist. Uh-huh, yeah. I worked at Safeway for a little while, okay. and it was during this era that I don't think is a thing anymore, but I saved 10% on anything that was Safeway brand. Oh, nice. And so, like, I was... Bu- and, you know, I was working for six ninety one an hour, so, sure. you know, get some Levels of Levels of nice. Gonna get some of that sewer level of ice cream at 10 percent off yeah i'm all i'm all about that actually i think it's fine yeah you know but clearly the the futurama writers have some issues or at least safeway brand ice cream one specific writer that's like you know what screw them (laughs) i want a whole episode about this joke i do let's get the writer on (laughs) have your people call our people and we can discuss It'll beat be- by beat like what what flavor was it why why did you feel <laughs> this was so bad it needs to be compared to sewer cake i an oral history about one joke in particular in yeah an episode let's, of let's make it happen i hope it can reach the heights of the oral history of too many cooks oh it's going to be the worst thing we've ever done but that's beside the point But that's a weekly thing so fry meanwhile back at planet express Feels like he might have ruined Leela's life, perhaps. You, you did ruin Leela's life. And like he's he feels like maybe that they should do something to fix it. We should do something. <laughs> and um I don't remember what He's like, I don't care what you have to say, Hermes, we're gonna <laughs> fix this. <laughs> and then so they go to Mayor Poopenmeyer, who I always every time he comes up, it's a it's it just giggles. And so they talk to Mayor Poopenmeyer and Fry is like, you have to do something because Leela has been a mutant this whole time and she's a great person. So um, and we knew she was a mutant for years, but we kept it secret like upstanding people. And Mayor Poopenmeyer's like, you you harbored a mutant and they get arrested. Good job, Fry. Nailed it. He's just doing all sorts of great stuff this episode. So they get dropped down into the sewers mm-hmm. while Leela is going through a tour, including the West side pipeway, which could burst if the mo- the workers even take a moment, which then, then her dad is like, Hey guys, this is my daughter. And they turn around and get swept down the river. That's a really poorly designed pipe system. Yes. You can't, you can't turn around long enough to wave at somebody without it just, exploding that's worse than the pull on the pull on push on the push on pickle factory pontoffel pock where are you design at least that requires direct action to screw up the the you you you've got a point i will say there were some fail safes with the the push on (laughs) push them and pull on the pull them that probably should have been uh hardier to ruin the entire factory from one problem but yes if your system relies on a person doing something every moment or a mutant doing something every moment it's poorly mm-hmm. designed i'm gonna say the pickle factory chain of events okay after it screws up worse engineering because okay. all that really happens is like these three what three six something guys get washed down the river yeah which you know is terrible for them mm-hmm. they're with they're, the chuds now they sure are so but, I see your point. But 
the pickle factory requires that direct action mm-hmm. of doing the wrong thing. If you leave the machine there, it's fine. Right. But if you do the wrong thing, everything breaks. Mm-hmm. So I think there's different levels of engineering problem problems here. One is the lack of action doesn't ruin the system. And one is the incorrect action shouldn't ruin the system. So Leela is really upset at every single person on the surface. Yeah, she's nonplussed about these three men that have just died. And they didn't die. They're just with the chuds. Their fate is left up to the chuds, Mike. It's true. That that chud, chud society will accept them or reject them as it will. So while she is at very actively hating literally everybody on the surface, sure, the gang drops down because they've just been thrown in the sewers. Mm-hmm. They've been sentenced to two weeks in the sewer. And then Zoidberg floats down with his umbrella behind them. Real Mary Poppins-esque. Yeah. And he's like, $3, drugstore. It is. And he does, he does it so gracefully. It's wonderful. It's, 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 I think, my favorite gag of the episode. It's so good. Leela is talking to Fry, and Fry's like, no, you know, I totally understand. And, and she says, no, you wouldn't understand because you are not a mutant. You, the only way you'd understand is if you jumped into this mutagenic lake and then turned into a mutant. Otherwise, you just don't get it. And she's like, go, go ahead. Take a swim. And he's like, well, I did just eat some, some potato salad. She's like, I thought so. I mean, I can't really blame him in this specific. No, I agree. I mean, I mean he did screw up, but also, you know, ain't no coming back from that. Well, hold up, hold, <laughs> hold your horses, because we will get there. Put a pin in that one. You know what they say about a mutagenic lake in the first act? You gotta fire it in a. Th- you gotta <laughs> swim in it in the third. So at Planet Express, Bender is prepping for the party. <laughs> I I just love that the two plots together are fascinating. Bender is looking around for everyone, and is like. Ah, who needs him? And just starts welcoming every all of his guests in, including Hedonism Bot. Of course, Hedonism Bot. If there's a party and Hedonism Bot is, isn't there, it's not a party. I do want to point out that when Hedonism Bot asks about the uh, place where the orgy is going to be happening... Does, doesn't he call it the orgy pit? I think. I, I didn't write it down because I got distracted by orgy. But anyways. <laughs> okay. When he asks if the orgy pit has been prepared, Bender says yes. Also, there's mini quiches. So, fantastic party. Sure. Mini quiches. Yes. Are awesome. Mm-hmm. Orgy pit. Second, like I said before, this episode has a lot of great blink and you'll miss them mm-hmm. visual gags. When Bender's preparing for the party, he's making some punch and he puts in some Michael Collins mix. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's good it's very good it's it's these things that i definitely missed (laughs) during my watch through this time so back in the sewers the crew finds the land titanic that as amy puts it the biggest and onlyest land boat ever constructed i love the sentence the onlyest land boat i love it she has a lot of weird superlatives in this episode Mm -hmm. like i don't know if they just decided this is amy's thing now but she says uh, onlyest. She says 
that the bridge was ricketier than yeah. the. It's good. Mm-hmm. I, I I I'm a fan of this characterization. Amy 2.0. She's <laughs> back, baby. <laughs> she's back. It's so smelly that Hermes odor eaters are going critical. By the way, which is a is a gag I really liked because they're just like glowing green. They get onto the land boat. Zoidberg is like, hey, everybody, debone a bunk and get some shut-eye. And the professor, of all people, mm-hmm. is like, hey, show some respect. And then Amy announces from some other room that they found a safe. And so the professor pries it open with skulls and femurs. Yeah. It's like the monument of their those who lost their lives be instantly became a way for them to get money. So in the safe is, for some reason... The original passenger manifest. Which Hermes says spreadsheets were so elegant back then. I mean, I get it. Spreadsheets. Mm-mm. So tasty. I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners also agree with that. And uh, I, I often tell my girlfriend that uh, because she's a bureaucrat, I say that spreadsheets are my bureaucratic love language. Because sure. spreadsheets are great. They're pretty good, yeah. I helped her out with a budget spreadsheet that we were doing okay and it was a it was a very sexy very sexy thing because mm-hmm. spreadsheets are just it reminds me of the light speed light speed briefs commercial where fry is like in the boardroom show, mm-hmm. showing a powerpoint and then in the bedroom showing the same powerpoint Oh, yeah. And then I you just turn consider and, that with, with, uh, with spreadsheets. And then you turn and Nick Offerman's there drinking some Lagavulin. He's just everywhere. Um, sitting next to fires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they also find a priceless quantum force gemerald. Uh-huh. It, this one shoots lasers, which I guess is what the quantum force implies. Yeah. The professor, speaking of firing it, accidentally vaporizes the in- the skeleton of the cruise director with it. So that sucks. So they read the inscription on the, um, on the, because uh, it's the gemerald is on like a ring. Yeah. Which it's hard to tell because the gemerald is like the size of a man's head. Yeah, and, and the ring is a ring sized. Right. So it says, "Dear Mrs. Astor, my love for you is." is as unsinkable as this land ship and <laughs> as brilliant as this stone dictated but not read mr astor i love the the dictated but not read now be, because terrific. i have always i've I looked it up previously but for the longest time i was always like what does dictated but not read mean so for those who have never looked it up okay the wikipedia definition says dictated but not read is a phrase used at the end of a text to warn that the written material has not been personally written or verified by the author the material may have been dictated to a secretary when the author had no time to proofread or edit it so sure so i mean it is it's basically what it says on the label yeah but the the dictated but not like i was always like how can you have it dictated but then also like not read because i imagined it would be like mike uh take down this note yeah yes sir you can't see my physical comedy but there's some physical comedy happening i like big butts and i cannot lie you other podcasters cannot deny Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. dictated but not read 
Well, <laughs> like I just I assumed it would be somebody sitting there talking. Yeah. And like, well, I, if if I was your, you know, assistant or secretary or whatever, I had w- you wouldn't say dictated, but not read. You'd be like, that's it or whatever. Right. 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 And I would finish it and I would say, well, he did. He dictated it to me, but I did. But he did not read it or edit it. Or, so there you go. Right. So it's that but not read part <laughs> that always sort of confused me. I see. Because I was like, well, of course, like I would know what it says because I dictated it to you. Right. But, but then- I guess it's the proofreading yeah because you never know mm-hmm. i might have messed up and i said i like small butts and i like big lie. barts and i cannot See, lie i love big barts but you didn't you, you're like <laughs> you dictated it but you didn't read it and it the fault then becomes mine as your assistant for messing up the uh the dictation mm-hmm. yeah okay that makes that makes perfect sense i'm glad we role played this out to like really explain Me too. what dictated I- but not read truly mean i think we do a service on this podcast and i think sometimes you just got to role play that service somebody out there in podcast land just listened to that and was like oh that's what that means i never knew that because i uh-huh. have not had the time to do it literally every other person on this podcast is like yeah of course what do you think it means you again, jags again this is a conversation <laughs> i'm gonna have with friend of the podcast emma it's like of course you guys of course hey the you carpool with her so <laughs> yeah, that's true i am wingus and you are dinkus so for everyone who is not friend of the podcast tema cover your ears <laughs> tema uh whatever just give mike <laughs> give mike some more hell for whatever no, whatever don't. he's talking about right now okay everyone can uncover their ears <laughs> once they see the ring fry is sad he's like he'll i'll never know the love of like that did everybody know i have a crush on (laughs) leela the professor slaps him with the bone arm of the cruise director yep which i i it's the physical comedy i really like we get a brief uh aside at leela's parents Mm -hmm. house leela is not very interested in eating her toilet clams or drinking what looks like lemonade That's when it's described that way. I don't want to drink it either. She thinks she might have been too harsh on Fry. It's not like he meant to get her and everyone in trouble. Meanwhile, up at the party, stuff's getting real. Mostly it's bumping. Mostly robots are there, but like bubblegum uh, Tate. Tate's there. And he said it's the dangest wing I ever doodled. Mm-hmm. The hyper chickens there in the background. Oh, I didn't notice oh, that. Oh yeah, hyper nice. chickens totally there. He the, got into the party. Uh, the wig robot from the robot in- asylum. Just everybody. Tons of, of mostly robots, but you know, some some other mm-hmm. folks as well. And then uh Bender gets like lifted up to and he sees he sees this banner that has their hundredth delivery on it. And, and the whole crew is there and Zoidberg's off in the background. Mm-hmm. He's still there. He's he's act he is within he's in frame. the frame. Uh-huh. So Bender gets really sad, and so when he comes back down, he just pulls the plug on the entire party and kicks everyone out. And Hedonism about is like, alone with me? No, I just want to be alone. And then he gulps some grapes as he walks away. So back down in the sewers, Fry sneaks out of the land ship. I do also want to point out there's a can of angry Norwegian anchovies on the ground there. Ooh. Which, uh, you know, again, just little yeah, that, bits of... that anchovy mm-hmm, oil. Little bits of visual references yeah. here and there. Alila is off on a walk as well, and she sees Fry undressing as if to jump in the lake. 
And then he's he says, I want to know what it's like to be a mutant and jumps in. So Leela t- uh, takes a rowboat out to the middle of the lake, pulls him out. And he is now just a, as I described it in my notes, puddle of flesh with tentacles. That's pretty close. I did giant flesh monster with multiple octopus like tentacles. We were close. I mean, it's a, hard to describe it in any other way. Frankenstein teen become the monster. <laughs> Fry sure did. Leela, Leela goes to scream, but barfs instead. She, she actually describes it as, I tried to scream, but I barfed, which <laughs> is so honest and also it is very honest. a weird reaction to have. I, I don't know. I can't. Well, no. No, I'm saying it's a weird reaction to experience, I'm oh, sure. Oh, sure, yes. Like, if you're just going to scream and then you barf. Yeah. That's pretty weird. That is weird, yeah. Then as they, like, row back to shore... Fry sees his reflection in Leela's eye and is, ah, I know what it's like to be a mutant now. Even uh, Zoidberg barfs when yeah. he sees Fry. Like, even Zoidberg. Even Zoidberg. Um, Leela tells him it's the stupidest, sweetest thing he's ever done. Now maybe we can be an inspiration to all mutants. So they do a concert for mutant rights at Brown University. Mm-hmm. Devo is there. Yeah, Devo, longtime mutants. As they describe themselves. <laughs> they say that we we will do anything we can. And somebody shouts, play with it. And he's like, no, play the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a Devo montage yeah. to what what is referred to in the uh, subtitles as beautiful world. I can't I don't have the the accuracy of that statement or not. So. I think that's what it's called. It, they do sing about a beautiful world, so. So there's a whole Devo montage where basically all the mutants are sending sewage back up to New New York. Yeah, they, replacing a, a fire hydrant with a gas pump. Uh, it, in the middle of a firefighter yes. sort of uh, action. It goes poorly. As one might expect. A uh, Marilyn Monroe-esque drift lift, a dress lift on a, like a... Uh, I don't even know what they're called. A sewer grate or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and then instead of air, it's sewage. I mean, first it's air and then it's sewage. And then it's sewage. That'll yeah. really ruin that that shot. It sure does. And the professor uses the Gemerald to, in some way, lift mom's sons off the toilet. It's. I didn't ask. I, I didn't want to know. I'm assuming he meant to hurt their butts somehow. That's all I'm going to get. There's a at. lot of butts in this episode. There's a lot of butts. They end this montage with talking about how the be- the the next piece of this plan is that they want to bend the west side pipeway to return all the sewage to the surface. But who can bend something like that? I don't know, Fry. And then it cuts to Bender specifically. He is sad, and Fry comes through the grate. Bender recoils from him and is like, oh, what the heck, and gives him a big hug. And so they bring Bender down and he he uses bend, all of his strength. He bends that pipe so that it sort of loops back up on itself. And the entirety of New New York over the course of, I don't know exactly, it looks like maybe days, maybe yeah. hours, maybe days, who knows. For some reason, at the worst of it, Sal has decided to wear his new Crocs. Yeah, it is like thigh deep. He picked the wrong day. That being said, he admitted he admits it. Admitting to your own mistakes is a very adult and mature thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
it is another adult and mature thing to do to realize walking in Crocs on a day where there is thigh deep sewage all over the place. Probably not your best idea. Probably not. The mutants decide to march on New New York Mm -hmm. for the million mutant march. And Fry says, I I will meet up with you guys in a moment. I just want to check on something. Mm. He's also got that uh, ship manifest for some reason. Mm, Interesting. Um, This is when we go to City Hall uh, to see Miss Astor demanding action because she is Mayor Poopenmeyer's largest campaign contributor. $80 worth of action it is, says the mayor. The whole plan is just pipe sewage into Madison Cube Garden. It, it Just one guy with a floating shop vac pumping it directly into Madison Cube Garden. He's done a good job, though, for $80. Yeah, pretty good. He's filled up almost all of Madison Cube Garden. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It'd probably cost me more to get sewage pumped out of something. Yeah. Like, I'm impressed. Do you, that mayor do has you a want, lot of pull. Do you want sewage pumped out of something into something else? Probably more than 80 bucks. At that point, the mutants come out of the sewers, chanting, two, four, six, eyes, mutant people will arise. (laughs) That's a good rhyme. Yeah. Uh, Leela comes to the front of the march and demands equal rights, equal access to the surface, and the blood of your firstborn children. That's something we added so that we could (laughs) give up during negotiations. Uh, Mrs. Astor shoots um has her butler shoot a missile at him a sewage seeking missile it's it's labeled on the side icbm but not like the normal (laughs) icbm yeah it's it's a very good little gag Uh uh-huh i I think i like it more than you do friend well let me tell you having the initials bm sure is a lot of fun yeah i don't have that problem (laughs) it's funny though i think it's funny so, uh, it, it hits Madison cube garden and unleashes all the sewage back onto new, New York. At this point, Fry shows up with the, he's got the gemerald on a, the end of like a staff. He looks like a mutant. Yeah. I think flesh this wizard. I think the staff is a plunger, which is makes it even better. Oh, I missed that. Um, and so he <laughs> Fry details a story about how, uh, they were on the land ship Titanic. Well, before he does this, there is a tsunami of sewage coming for them. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he yeah, parts yeah. the sewage. Uh-huh. And it's so very good. I skipped over that mentally because at some point, there's just too much sewage for my brain <laughs> to accept any more sewage. We found Ben's sewage limit, everyone. We did it. I just love it because it's I'm so biblical. I'm going to subtitle this episode Ben's Sewage Limit. Anyways. <laughs> I mean, it's just very funny to me of this image of f- mutant fry parting this wave of sewage because it's weirdly biblical. It's very weirdly mutant flesh creature biblical. Yes. I will give you that. So he details the weirdly story. flesh mutant cre- Uh-huh. Try not to think about that too much. He tells a story <laughs> about how on the landship Titanic... There were a lot of mutants working in mm-hmm. the sewage below decks. So they bring up one of one of the mutants who tells her story of being a drain angel uh, while the land Titanic went down. Her mom picked her up and took her to lifeguards where all the places were taken by surface passengers. And then uh, Mr. Astor gives up his seat so that she and her mother could escape. And it turns out it's Leela's grandmother. <laughs> and Leela's like, why didn't I hear any of this? She's nuts. <laughs> because like yeah i 
it's been a while since I've seen this episode. Sure. And so I was like, that looks an awfully lot like Leela and Leela's mom. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird to just be like, oh, yeah, no, Leela's totally got a grandmother <laughs> that even Leela's meeting for the first time. Yeah. Fry then appeals to Mrs. Astor's memory of her husband's true humanity. And she tells Mayor Poopenmeyer by referring to him as his first name, Randall, Randall Poopenmeyer. It just gets better. That makes him Randy Poopenmeyer. <laughs> yeah, he does. She's like, give the mutants their freedom. And he's like, okay. At that point, Leela says, I think I can stomach this kiss now. So she kisses Fry and then Fry sort of like this weird flesh, liquid flesh monster. Like wretches and like dissolve. It's hard it, to describe. It sort of, it's sort of like Fry's mouth opens up and then f- like normal human Fry comes out of it. Yeah. It's very off-putting. <laughs> It's very off-putting, especially when you have to describe it. I'm sure it's pretty off-putting when you have to listen to it. I apologize to everyone right now in this moment. Anyways, it turns out that this weird tentacle flesh monster was actually Mr. Astor because after the the Titanic, the land Titanic sank. (laughs) I do love the fact that they knew the Titanic and they're like, this was the land one. He didn't die. He just fell into the mutagenic lake and transformed and just lived alone in his sadness until fry jumped into his mouth he he got himself lodged there i just when i said what i said uh, just a moment ago i realized something they had memory of this land titanic when they did the episode about the titanic Uh uh-huh because in the fiction of the show that was uh, what a hundred or whatever years ago right something like that um yeah it would have been and about then they did the t- the, mm-hmm. they were like well that land titanic didn't work but what about a, a, a space titanic why do we keep trying titanics those who are not familiar with the past because they haven't seen james cameron's 1997 <laughs> hit film titanic are doomed to repeat it repeat what making the, the nice- titanic okay no t- you only make the movie one time oh i see we're not going to reboot that in the current culture of media You know what really needs a dark and gritty reboot (laughs) in 2019? Titanic. James Cameron, have your people call my people. (laughs) The only change is going to be Jack at the end instead of... You see him freeze to death. That's all you get. It's just three three hours of him suffering from hypothermia. Exactly, yeah. That's the dark and gritty reboot. I don't want to go down this road because we are behind already. (laughs) And there's food on the other side of this podcast. Everything's great. Uh, Zoidberg exclaims, hooray, a happy ending for the rich people. Because I love I love that line so much. It gives me some feelings that I'm similarly not going to get into right at this moment. (laughs) It's the punching up kind of thing. Um, But it means that Leela's family can actually come up to the surface. Mm -hmm. So the last shot is in Planet Express. Leela's family is there and she her, her mom dad and grandma uh-huh, that she just found out about they all get to see where she works finally I believe They're not impressed I believe her mom says was there a fire Bender meanwhile says that you know it was a great party but you know he doesn't ever need to party again he's just he's partied out from the last one Fry is very sad that they missed it and Bender's like well maybe there could be another party if you guys really wanted yeah, to. it'll make you feel better we're, yeah 
Fry's like, I don't know. And then Bender shoves a boombox at him and starts playing a song about bending. And then everybody dances really weirdly. I feel like that's a Devo thing. Yeah, maybe. It feels very Devo to to end it on a song about bending. Because you had uh, probably Mark Mothersbaugh on the episode as part of Devo. Mm -hmm. He probably did that song and then he probably suggested the weird dancing because that's what Devo is. That's, that's my thought. That's exactly what Devo is. And that means that it is time for... Grades. I think this is actually quite a good episode. Um, it's funny, but I think there's still some pathos in it, especially when you think that Fry has made a uh, terribly altering choice. Um, but it turns out he just kind of gets swallowed. It That's kind of a weird sentence. No, I, I, I know what you're... I'm picking up what you're putting um, down. But there's gags and funny bits and callbacks and references that are enjoyable. It's it's not, it's certainly not one of the on the best, but it's a very enjoyable episode that I had not really remembered that way, if that makes sense. I remembered it being like, oh, okay, but it's pretty good. It's feels like a like a, you could probably drop it in season three or something. Okay. Um. So I think I'd probably give it a B. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm never really that big of a fan of sewer centric episodes. Okay. Uh, I always feel like they rely just a little bit heavy on the weird gross out sort of humor. There's a lot of poop okay. jokes. We saw We kind of glossed over a lot of, um, you know, like at one point Fry's reminiscing about the, uh, about living on the surface and he's like, I miss being able to Look up and ponder without something gross and wet falling into my mouth. I believe he called it a wet clump. And then uh, one of the mutants is like, oh, we can totally. And then you hear a very disgusting noise. I've never I've never been one for Futurama just really doubling down on that. Um, sure. I don't hate it. I, I just I, don't I, love it. I do feel like this episode is a little less on the gross out than some of the other ones were. But, um, but that's, but no, you have a good point. This is a, anytime we go see the sewer, it's pretty gross out. It's also going back to that Titanic well again, for some weird reason. <laughs> what is it with the writers in the Titanic? Like, and you know, it's, it's not as, it's not leaning on the, the movie specifically really right. hard. Like the, uh, a flight to remember sure. was, but it's like, y'all, y'all do remember you already did a Titanic episode, <laughs> right? Like, it's like. <laughs> Every three seasons, we have to do a Titanic <laughs> episode. Um, I mean, I always say that like every it, any any comedy show that goes on long enough is going to have a musical episode. Sure. Futurama just decided instead, let's do two Titanic <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Regardless, I think it's a fine episode. I mean, it's it's pretty funny. Um, I just I don't love it. Sure. Um, I'll give it a C. Okay. Um. That's fair. It's it's real middle of the road sort of Futurama for me. Fair enough. But we want to know what you all think about uh, this episode. And whatever we talked about in this one. Nick Offerman, we talked about him. <laughs> we talked strangely a lot about him. Um, do you like making out while Nick Offerman watches sagely from a chair drinking whiskey? Does it change if it's Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know how you feel about stuffy old songs about the buttocks. Because I kind of brought that up for some reason. Yes, you did. Um, what do you feel about Futurama gross out episodes? Do you yeah. like them? Do you hate them? We want to know. 
you can get in contact with us several ways. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, send to your friends. And hopefully we can all look up at the stars without a wet clump landing in our mouths. And hey, don't forget we're on Patreon, where if we get up to $40 a month in <laughs> Patreon dollars, Mike will finally watch the hit 1997 James Cameron film, Titanic. I like the idea that I'll just watch it. I won't like give you any content or anything. I'm just going to go watch it. I think we should do, uh, if this happens, you should watch it. And then um, we'll have an episode, like a an episode. Yeah. Imagine air quotes around that. Okay. And then just like, it's just... 12 seconds long and you're just like i liked it or <laughs> i hated it and then that's it it was fine boop 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 exactly so um <laughs> we've got that and uh oh podcon if y'all are gonna be oh, at yeah. podcon we're not like doing anything <laughs> yeah, at pod we're, we're not that cool we're gonna exist there we will be in that space we will be watching cooler people do things so if you're at podcon um let us know uh we will if you see us um we're gonna have like stickers and stuff yeah um and so if you see us come say hi and it'd be great to meet some fans and uh if you're not at podcon uh that's cool too because yeah. you know we we love you because you came to the end of this episode whether you're, that's the important thing i i do, i still don't understand why everybody does it in fact sometimes i worry wonder why i haven't walked out on it but you know we love you and uh, thanks for uh, sticking around after, you know, we took a yeah. couple weeks off for uh, Christmas and whatnot. Yeah, we Our hope normal recording nights Tuesday and Christmas and New Year's <laughs> was on Tuesday. And we hope you had a uh, whatever holidays you celebrate. And if uh, I hope you had a good one and I hope you had a, a happy new year. And yeah, we will be back next week with another thrilling tale of us existing here doing really ridiculous stuff on this podcast and until then i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye from the world of tomorrow, tomorrow.